I'd like to continue tonight where we left off on last evening. And instead of reading all the verses, I want to read two verses tonight, verses 8 and 9. And our thoughts will primarily come from verse 8. And then we'll lean on verse 9 as we conclude the emphasis. As Paul talks about the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies, the God who consoles and aids, he says to the Corinthians, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. I'm preaching in these services using Paul's two words in verse 8. They're also found in kindred form in verse 4 on the subject of our troubles. Now there may be some things that you have that I don't possess. And there may be a few things that I have that you don't possess. But we all have this one common experience. We all have troubles. The verse has been quoted today. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Paul had troubles. And he writes about them. Mentions a recent experience of trouble in Asia. We're not certain to what he is referring. Some believe that because he had mentioned the wild beasts back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that uh, this may have been when he faced death or stared death in the face. Others would say, no, it would take something more than a momentary trial for Paul to be pressed out of measure. And so they think that perhaps it was the riot that he endured in Acts chapter 19 and other conflicts of that nature. At any rate, he admits that he was pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. On last evening from verses 3 through 8, I said some things about the holy design of our troubles. God has some things in mind. He does not send troubles our way just to dangle us on the string, so to speak. But He is working out His good pleasure and conforming us to the image of His Son. Tonight, I'd like to use verses 8 and 9 and emphasize the human despair in our troubles. I repeat 
that that I mentioned last night, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he said, we despaired even of life. He said, it looked like we would die. And in verse 9, he called it the sentence of death, the answer of death. He said that seemed to have been what was going to happen. But he said, God raised the dead and he raised us up as well. And so he mentions his human despair. Now tonight you may not be in such a state. And it could be, as was mentioned this morning, you may never be in such a state. But then there are those who seem to be pressed down. And the heaviness of life comes upon them. They're pressed out of measure, above strength. Uh, this, This little phrase has been rendered according to extreme excess. We were weighted down beyond ability. The idea seems to be that that is excessive. That that is extreme. That that is beyond the ordinary. Now we've heard that a picture is worth a thousand words. I have a few that I think uh, would be worth a thousand dollars. I have a few pictures that I could use as leverage on certain people in life and uh, some which are even here in this room tonight but let me reverse that concept instead of a word a picture being worth a thousand words I'd like to use a word tonight which I believe is worth three pictures And I'd like to give you three pictures from this word that Paul uses of being pressed out of measure above strength. Going under extreme weight and heaviness, which is beyond one's ability to handle. I would begin by using Charles Hodge's comments about this term. He said it represents a wearied animal that sinks in despair under a burden beyond its strength. So I would begin tonight by saying as Paul is under this weight, under this load, he gives us firstly the picture of a beast extremely burdened with weight. Now, we, we have our pickup trucks. We have our flatbeds. Uh, but in Bible times, they had their donkeys. Yeah. The camels. And they would load these animals down to the hilt. That they might move their wares or their own personal possessions from one point to another. It was a means of progress. It was a means of going forward. But here Paul employs the term to talk about his own heaviness. He, He takes this picture 
of a beast extremely burdened with weight. Yeah. And says, I, I had all this heaviness on me. I could underline that sort of as a subheading. He's talking firstly about burdens that get on us. Yeah. On us. We could mention many different kinds of burdens that get on us as we go down the road. But I would mention too, this from two vantage points as I've meditated upon it, pressed out of measure above strength. Seems to deal with that that is on us, or could I call it the externals of life that sometimes burden us. The externals of life. Now Paul is referring to opposition here. He's been under persecution. He has been under attack. He has faced the assaults of the enemy in varied forms. And yet again, these are externals. Things that are pressed upon us. Things that come in on us. The externals of life. It may not just involve opposition. It may involve our families. It may involve our health. It may involve uh, our level of thinking. It may involve our emotions. It may involve our neighbors. It's like the fellow who suggested he needed to move out of his community. And he said, my neighbors are doing nothing but throwing beer cans over on my drive. If I could just move over to that other community where brother so-and-so and his family live, they have a house over there, they say, that's open. But what about when brother so-and-so's dog gets in your garbage over there? You're still going to have pressure. You're still going to have conflict. Just because you change jobs doesn't mean you're not going to have pressures that come in on you. Just because you change churches doesn't mean that you're going to find a place where there are no pressures coming in. Just because you move from the Sunday school class that doesn't seem to be doing anything to that one down at the end of the hall where they come out shouting every Sunday doesn't mean that you're not going to have conflicts with people. There are externals. Some that we can expect and some that we may not expect. The strangest things happen in the journey of life. And so the beast is going down the road and the burdens are on its back And it is becoming so wearied beneath the load that that it seems to falter, seems to stagger. I would mention another idea. We're not only burdened with the externals of life from time to time, but we are burdened with the expectations of life. In fact, I would say probably most of the burdens represented in this uh, assembly tonight, this church building, are burdens that come from people expecting more out of us. 
it seems that there are always those on the sideline who are expecting you to perform. You're a deacon now, and we're watching you. You're teaching those children now, and more is expected from you. You're, you're the pastor. We're expecting some things of you. As an evangelist, if that's what I am, that's what I've been called. I think some weeks I'm more of a gypsy than anything else. Just going from place to place. But uh, as an evangelist, I feel that pressure from time to time. You come in on the first service and uh, some don't, do not know you and they're expecting you to perform. And some pastors, bless their hearts, are expecting you to produce. I always love to hear these words when I come. We've been praying, Brother Tom, and praise God, we're going to have a great meeting this week. We are? You should remember, if God is gracious, we'll have a great It's not in our performances. And some of the brethren think if you can preach the same sermon at their church, that you preach to brother so-and-so's church, that'll be the key, buddy. I tell you, God would win the heavens and come down. If he would just preach that. And of all things, he got over there and that, those verses that nobody even knows at our church. I'm talking to you about expectations. It's not only true in ministry, it's true in daily life, isn't it? Uh, I confess my limitations are many. And I can't even live up to my own expectations. I thought that I would be so much further down the road with God at this point. I surrendered to the Lord when I was 16 years of age. That will soon be 40 years. And uh, I feel like I've made such little progress. It's a daily grind. It's a constant battle yeah. with myself. Yeah. Of course, the devil doesn't uh, give any blessings along the way either. And there are a few people who are seemingly fascinated with how much of a ter how much turmoil they can arouse, but I'm talking to you about expectations. I just expected more out of him. I just thought she was a better teacher than them. I thought she would be a better preacher's wife than the other one we had. I'm talking about the burdens of life that get on us like the burdens or the weights upon a beast. That's the first picture. Paul says, I feel like a beast that has too much weight on me. Feel like I'm slumping down. I feel like I'm 
faltering. Then secondly, I found that this word was not only applicable to a beast, which was extremely burdened with weight, but when Paul said we were pressed out of measure above strength, he was not only giving this picture of a beast extremely burdened with weight, but the picture of a boat extremely burdened with wares or goods. The picture of a boat. <laughs> you, you've got the beast going down the road, but you've got the boat going down the river. Yeah. The, the beast takes on its load things that are put on us but the boat has things put in it right. as well as on it That's right. yeah. you see this journey is not just external but it is God which worketh in you yeah both the will and to do of his good pleasure. Yeah. So the boat is loaded down with wares, all kinds of prizes, all kinds of products, all kinds of materials. And the boat is slumped down in the water. When you first look at it, you say, I doubt its arrival at the next port. <laughs> or when you hear of the storm brewing out in the waters, you find yourself saying, I doubt its survival through all of this predicament. Right. A boat extremely burdened with its wares. Let me say, first of all, the wares on this sinking boat or this boat that is heavily laden first of all it is a representation of great work yeah. now in Bible times they didn't carry junk out into the ocean and dump it leftovers from a fast paced society what they put on the ship was something important yeah something of significance to go from this port to the next port. Of course, the, the boat had no cargo of its own. The cargo had to be put in the boat or placed on the ship. And similarly, you and I have no cargo of our own. We have no abilities of our own that can accomplish the divine service. Away with all these silly ideas that we have. For he has such a way with people. If God ever called him to preach, I tell you, God would shake this whole area. Now, what gave you that silly idea? God can take some little toe-headed boy on the other side of the track. That nobody knows, that nobody's interested in, that everyone rejects and fill him with the Holy Ghost and send him out in power and mind and touch people's lives. Somebody said, I tell you, she's a great teacher, they tell me down at the school. I wish we could put her in as the women's teacher. That may be the last person you need in that class. You'll need someone that knows exactly how to dot every I 
that doesn't hurt anything to dot all the I's and cross all the T's, but you want someone who is sensitive to God. Or just someone who has a good education. The same is true with the church treasurer. Oh boy, he works down at the bank. Let's, let's see if we can get him recommended as our next church treasurer. Well, there's other people who can count. You want somebody who knows God and has a heart. And when the pastor comes to get his check, they won't smirk in your face. I, I say this is a representation of a great of great work. Someone has spent time and someone has given diligence and labor in producing these products, these wires that are on the ship. Yeah. And whatever's on your boat tonight has involved great work. Yeah, that's right. God has had his men in the school of providence right. and in the school of experience and they have preached truth and delivered God's messages to our hearts. Yeah. God has chiseled away at us through other people's lives. Even the, some of the songs that we've heard tonight were written out of people's deep sorrows and experiences and God uses that to work in you and to work in me. You think the messages we heard in this conference just happened to fly uh, out of the air? No, it took time and work and, and labor. And, and the wires on that boat that seems to be weighted down our representation of great work. And again, it's God behind it all working to put it in you, to put it in me. Our boats won't hold a lot, but hallelujah, God has some people down at port to load it in. He has some servants who'll preach His Word. Then may I add these wares that are Heavy in the boat not only are a representation of great work, time, energy, money has gone in to prepare the shipment. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a representation as well of great work. They're not sending their wires to another port for everyone to get a free specimen of their product. No, there will be merchant men there who will take these wares and they'll put them before the people and, and they'll set them out in the markets and they'll sell those wares and they'll make money and the, the producer will make money, the manufacturer will make money and the, the boat captain will make money. There's great worth involved here. And so it is in your life and my life. We may feel at times like we're going down and we can't carry anymore. But I want to tell you, God has put some great work into your life. And God has put some great worth into what He's put in your heart. We're spiritual millionaires tonight. We carry the wealth of God as revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ in our bosom. We we are great worth. What God has worked in you and what God has worked in me 
is going to benefit others. It's going to help others. I've often tried to like liken preaching. You know, Paul talked about delivering the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, and I've played on that. It's not the meaning of the word delivering there or delivered. But you know, a mother delivers a child and preaching in some ways is like delivering a child. That husband and wife may have been together on many occasions, but this time conception takes place. And that which is conceived develops and grows and kicks and moves and in due season that child will be born that child will be born whether you're you've got the little room added on or not that child will be born whether you've painted the little children's bedroom or not child will be born whether you think your financial arrangements are in order or not But usually when a child is born, not in all cases, of course, but usually in God-fearing people's homes, that child has a room to live in. That child will receive a a special upbringing. And I believe that's the way it is with preaching. God puts wares in our hearts. God puts truths in our hearts. And we may have read those verses a thousand times, but this time conception took place. And that that is conceived begins to develop in us and grow in us. And it becomes a living truth. It becomes the truth of God within us. And then the day comes when it kicks around. I remember when my wife would wake up at three o'clock with our first child. When she was carrying our first child and want me to get as excited because the child had kicked her and awakened her. She wanted me to get as excited as she was excited. And I would grunt a few times and say, that's great, that's wonderful. Of course, you preachers know what it's like to come out of your study and come down through the kitchen. See your wife in there, she's straightening up the bed and say, honey... I want to share this with you, boy. The Lord has just blessed me. And she just grunts and says, let me finish this if you don't mind. It wasn't moving in her. It was moving in you. Then the day comes. Then the day comes. Whether you feel like you're ready or not, whether you've got your little outline fixed or not, whether you feel like the people are ready or not, that truth is going to be delivered. God brings it to birth. Some may receive it, some may not, but it'll have a place to live. God will put it in somebody else's heart. I'm talking to you about God loading people's hearts. planning on that blessing me that much. (laughs) Oh, how precious it is when God takes something out of your experience, whether you're a preacher or not, and he puts it in somebody else and loads their boat and it becomes very valuable. 
valuable to them. It becomes priceless to them. And it will become valuable to others as they cash in on what God has been doing. precious when God loads your boat he has somebody else in mind he has some other person at heart Paul said we were pressed out of measure above strength he said I was like a beast extremely burdened with weight I was like a boat extremely burdened with wires yeah. he said that there was one area where I felt like it was all on me and then in another realm it was all in me yeah. and then I followed this word in the scripture by the way before I get away from the boat you remember the disciples out on the sea the Lord Jesus asleep in the boat they both began to take on water, began to go down, was pressed down, out of measure, above strength. And they went to awaken Jesus. And you remember the Lord Jesus rebuked them for their lack of faith. And then he uh, stilled the waters and salvaged them in this setting May I say, beloved, you may feel like you're going down tonight. You may feel like yeah. you've got too much in you that it's just killing you. And what's on you is just too too heavy. But the Lord Jesus is the only one who can rise up and, and help you in your seeking despair. This same word is used in the Gospels. I want you to look in Matthew chapter... Well, let's begin first in Luke chapter 9. The disciples are on the mount. Three of them are on the mount. Where Christ will transfigure himself. And the Bible tells us that there as Christ is going to reveal his glory. Verse 32. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy. There's our term. Heavy with sleep. Here Christ is. His inner essence is manifested on his outward frame. And the disciples are so sleepy they can't keep their eyes open. We see a similar experience in the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 26, verse 43, we find the term. He came again after he prayed the second time. He came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. The third picture then that comes from this word is not only do we see the picture of a beast extremely burdened with weight and the picture of a boat extremely burdened with wares. But we have thirdly the picture of a body extremely burdened with weariness. Fatigue. Sleeplessness. 
has now turned in to uselessness. You know, you can only go so far. You don't have to tell me how little you sleep. It doesn't impress me. Because I know after a while, we won't be able to wake you up. This one says, well, I only require three hours a night. Well, we'll, we'll look around and see you flop down somewhere after a while. Uh, and I know all of us are made differently. But uh, here we have the picture of a body that is extremely burdened with weariness. All of us at one time or another have been there. I, I pictured that beast going down the road and I pictured the boat going down the river. But the body is going down to rest. It's got to have it. In fact, can I say to some well-meaning, highly motivated, high-spirited young horse in the race tonight? I speak from experience in over-saturating myself with work and over-extending myself in ministry. And reaching a point where I could not recover myself. I went through some dark hours. I think a lot of it due to my thinking that I was Superman. Yeah. Yeah. But after a while you reach a point and you find out you're not. Of course if you'll listen to your wife every now and then she'll let you know that too. <laughs> Some of us have been so weary. I, I, I'm ashamed to even tell some of my stories of driving in in the middle of the night. I, I've hung my head out the window. I've chewed gum. I've slapped myself. I've got out and tried to jog around the car and go another mile and be drooping again. Dangerous, dangerous. I'll tell you, to me, one of the worst sounds, one of the worst sounds, is you're going down a nice highway, and you wake up and you don't see road in front of you, you're hearing gravel underneath you. You've already swung over too far, buddy. That's a rough sound. Well, you know what happens when we get weary? First of all, there's a, a lack of stability. You, you can't even defend yourself when you're asleep. You can't protect anyone else. I don't care how macho you are. If you can't stay awake, you're open prey. <laughs> so it is spiritually. Paul said, I became so burdened down. I was, I, I felt as though I had a lack of stability. I even despaired of life. Here's a man who seemed at time to have life by the throat. Yeah. 
Yet he despaired even of life. He thought he was going to die. He thought it was all over. A lack of stability. And then to me this is the most frightening thing. is a loss of sensitivity. When you get sleepy. When you're really pulled down with fatigue. You can't feel your environment. You can't sense love. You can't, you can't sense commands. You certainly can't sense God. And you become so weary. And so physically inapt. Paul said I was like a, a beast. I, I couldn't carry the load. And he said I was like a boat, a barge, a ship. I, I couldn't stay afloat. He said I was like a body that needed rest. I couldn't stay alert. Couldn't stay awake. I was insensitive. Uh, not as sensitive as I'd like to be. I was pressed out of measure. Above strength. In so much that we despaired even of life. We had the sentence of death in ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves. Here was the turning point. We can't get ourselves out from under all of this. We can't raise the boat up. We can't keep the body going. But God alone, which raiseth the dead, He is able to quicken us in our weakest hours. He is able to enable us. When the load is heavier than heavy. And, and when we feel as though the ship's going down. There's a God in heaven who comes to us and helps us go a little further. Can I encourage someone tonight? You feel like you're about ready to falter. You're going down. It doesn't look like you're going to make it. The Bible said and Jesus went a little further. Let me encourage you to go a little further. The journey is not greater than the plan of God. Go a little further. Stagger a little more. I was preaching out of the book of Judges and it says about Gideon's army. Faint yet pursuing. They were a weak bunch at that point, but they kept pursuing. They kept going. Somebody said, I can't even feel, I can't even feel that I'm reading anything out of the Bible. Read it again. I can't even feel that I'm praying. Pray again. Don't fall beneath the load. Keep moving. Somebody said, I can't do it. No, but God, which raiseth the dead, can encourage and enable you and help in your helplessness. You feel like the boat's going down? Don't forget a great work has brought you to this hour. God has been working in you. He's been using people to load your boat. And there's a lot of valuable wires in your life that He wants to put on other people's boat and bless other people with. Don't throw up your hands now. Don't abandon ship now. Don't jump overboard now. Go ahead and sail a little further. Yeah. 
And the great purpose of it all is that we should not trust in ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves. In himself, Samson could not keep up one little Philistine. But in God's strength, he could carry the gates out of the city. He could pull down the pillars. May the Spirit of God somehow help us to see that there's hope in our despairs. You may feel like that beast tonight. You may feel like that boat. Maybe your life, your spiritual life is like a body that's pulled down. May the Spirit of God somehow.